0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today on the show, I am so excited to bring you an interview with someone who I really looked up to for a while now for a lot of different reasons, and that's Verna Volker. Verna, 10 years ago, was a non-runner. And now she is a five time marathoner and has also run a fifty k an ultra marathon very recently um that is uh, quite a story, and we really dive into that uh Verna is one uh one tough lady, and uh we we not only talk about how tough she is now, but where that toughness came from and how uh, she kind of grew into it. Uh, speaking of growing into things, she actually grew up on a reservation. She is a Navajo, and she is a very strong advocate for Native Americans, Native American runners, outdoorsmen, outdoors women, and it's something that means a lot to her uh, personally in building that community. And also spreading the word uh, about that community uh, and everything they're doing and have done uh, in those spheres. So we also talk a lot about that as well. Verna is a very interesting and you know just, just a very smart person. I feel like every time I engage with her, I'm better off for it. And I hope that comes across in this episode and that you really enjoy what you hear. Um, with that being said, over the last two weeks, this podcast has seen an explosion in downloads. I'm not exactly sure why, frankly, but I am very appreciative, nonetheless. I uh, I'm a little a uh, little awestruck at the um, just the amount of people who've come to the podcast recently. So, first of all, thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated. Everyone who listens, subscribes, uh, shares the podcast in any form. I see a lot of them on Instagram. Um, but however you share them it's greatly appreciated uh and with all that being said uh, you know i think i see the rating and reviews which is fantastic but if you have any way that i can improve the show feel free to reach out twitter facebook page instagram also you can reach me directly at the rambling runner podcast at gmail.com um you know, I put a lot into this. I hope it's a good a good uh good listen for you and it's something that you look forward to. And if it is, I really appreciate it. If you uh, you give me a heads up, let me know what you think in any way I can improve the show. So with that being said, here's my conversation with Verna Volker. Hello Verna, and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come on the show.
1: Oh my goodness, I'm so honored. So thank you.
0: Oh, please. I feel honored. You <laughs> have just been kicking some big time butt. So it's oh, great to finally goodness. have you on the show. I know we we've been messaging back and forth for a while now. And, um I was excited to have you on after the Ultra that you that you were that you were planning on doing it and you that you executed to perfection and I'll tell you what. <laughs> I um it was a, it was fun to to, to finally get to finally get that race recap because it oh. was a it was almost, it was a pretty harrowing experience leading into that race.
1: You know, it was tough. The week before, um, we had I think one probably no twelve in, yeah twelve inches of snow that just came through Minnesota. So we were I was a little bit nervous because I thought is it going to happen? But sure enough, it melted, and so all that snow did melt, but. It left a lot of muddy trails. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of mud, indeed. You had a bunch of crazy pictures on your Instagram page, um, which I was looking at. It like that doesn't look like a, a racetrack. That doesn't look like a route at all. It just looks like a puddle. Um, yeah, you know,
1: you, you know, you prepare like you know. I I've been training all winter long. I, you know, as you see my pictures, I'm frosted and you know, frosted eyelashes all that, but nothing, you don't train, maybe people who do mud races, but you don't train in mud, like, there's really no way to train for something like that, so, you know, you just kind of, it was just a, just a, a really tough course, I guess, I mean, you go around four loops, you know, first and second loop, I was like, yes, but as the, as the sun got warmer, and it got, you know, the day, the snow melted. And so it just got muddier and you were just sliding. I mean, I, yeah, that was just how it is the, the whole
0: time. Right. So this was a 50K, so yes. 31 miles. Yes. So you yes. had four loops. So just, um, so I get, before we get into the conditions, which like I can't even wrap my head around. So I can't wait <laughs> to ask you all these questions. So yes. how, how, how was the course set up in terms of aid stations? So you had four loops. Uh, so roughly eight miles a loop. But how, how were the aid stations set up?
1: Well, there was, I think every, I think it was every four miles, there was an aid station. Yes. I think every four. Yeah. Because it was eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there was four.
0: So, did you, did you have to bring stuff or was it all supplied or was it a little bit of both?
1: A little bit of both. I, you know, there's certain things that I like and, um, you know, there was stuff at the aid station that they had. So, I kind of knew what they had because I had run uh, this race last year with a friend and we did kind of a, you know, like a team race and last year it was nice and warm and so you just don't know what's going to happen and so yeah it was yeah it was just one of the things that you just you just go in like okay this is what i'm going to do so
0: yeah so you had a great quote in your race recap you said the only dry land that only dry land was about a quarter of a mile long on this yeah. loop and so yes so how do you wrap your head around That. So like, all right, so say you're going through say you're you're halfway in, halfway into the first lock price, you're four Mm -hmm. miles, you're approaching the first aid station, um, you got a lot more to go, right? You're basically at that point, you've basically just now you have a marathon, right? So you've run four miles, now you got a marathon to go. Um, what was it like in terms of like all right, obviously your your feet were wet, your legs are muddy, um what what are you thinking about in terms of like how to navigate this for another basically for for an entire marathon after that first kind of um, introduction to the course.
1: Yeah, I just, I kept trying to focus on each, like, aid station. You know, I got to get to the next one. I got to get to the next one. And so when you get to the loop there, my friend was with me. And so she was the one who had extra socks. So, so my whole time I was like, I just have to get to the aid station, you know, and get to the next one. And then I would see her and she would be waiting for me. And then, you know, that was just how I had to mentally – think about and and I didn't look at my watch even though I had it set I just kept thinking you know got to get to the next place so um yeah and so then when I saw her I would change my socks and I think I did that three times <laughs> so because I was practically also running in probably a foot of water yeah so
0: so after you change your socks how long would they even stay dry
1: <laughs> I know, right I was like why am I doing this um Not that long. I mean, it was, yeah, maybe within, like, the next, like, you know, once you get to the first part of it, probably within, like, two miles, I was fine. And then, yeah, after that, I was like, okay. And then by that time, I was like, by the third time, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I don't care anymore. So I'm just practically just swimming in this. So Yeah, that's exactly
0: what I was about to ask you, (laughs) is do you become (laughs) numb to the elements at some point?
1: Yeah. You do. And, you know, and I kept looking, I kept, as you know, I kept getting to the aid station, people were just dropping out. Like people were like, forget this. Why am I doing this? And because the people at the aid station would tell me that. And they're like, wow, you have one more loop to do. And, you know, and then there was a race, you know, the race had to stop in seven hours. And so I was like, I don't think I'm going to get to this. You know, this is, it was tough. And by then it was like, I was basically wiping out. If I was trying to run up a hill, I was basically sliding down the hill and, you know, just falling all over, you know, just sliding all over the place. So, yeah. But, so um, when you
0: when you were falling, was it like a hurt kind of falling or <laughs> no. more just kind of like slipping and sliding slipping. you kind of quickly get up? And...
1: Yeah, I was just slipping. I was just slipping around. So, um, you know, and I tried to like run, run, and then it was like, it was a point where I was like, well, I just have to walk through this because I can't run. It was just muddy, so yeah, it was intense. And when you see people
0: dropping out, I feel like this is almost like a character question in a way—not like are you a good person or not, but just like, <laughs> but like just like what kind of person are you? So like, when you see people dropping out of this race, obviously it's 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 a, a harrowing experience because you have all these people <laughs> who who certainly have put in a ton of training. Yes. Right. A lot of mental and emotional energy leading into the race, just like you had. Yeah. Um, and you see them drop out. Is that motivating for you? Like, all right, I can do it. Like, look how strong I am. I'm sticking in there. Or is it depressing? And you look like, look at that person. They're a beast and they just <laughs> dropped out. Maybe I should do the same thing.
1: Yeah. You know, I when you, you know, from the beginning of the 50K race, there was, you know, a lot of people who were just like, I could tell, you know, because I've done road racing and trail racing. So the trail, trail racing is a little bit different, you know, and, um, and you could tell the people that that were there were pretty experienced. Like they've run, you know, these big, you know, like 100 mile, 50 mile races. So when um, when I saw some of them, you know, the vehicle would come and pick them up at the aid station. It did was more motivating for me because I was like, hey, you know, I can do this. You know, I'm not going to and I'm just the type of person that doesn't give up and so i just pushed through like hey you know if she if i can do it you know i i don't know it was just you know motivating for me i guess so
0: right yeah i feel like it, it can almost like it almost can be both for the same person, right? Yeah. There might be times where, like, if you see, like, your friend drop out, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and, like, this is, this is not what I was looking for. Uh, but if you see someone else, you're like, oh, I'm sticking with it, and they look super strong, so I yeah. must be super strong. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, wow. But I think part of that, too, just comes from your pedigree. I mean, you had some of the best winter-running photos <laughs> yeah. that I think I've ever seen in my life. I think there were some iconic pictures yeah. of you – maybe mid or end, end run, um, almost like a selfie of you, but kind of zoomed in.
1: Yeah.
0: When you kind of like catch half your face
1: yeah. and like
0: each one of your eyelashes <laughs> is yes. an icicle or just kind of frozen, just it's like, like yeah, white like tipped, yeah. Yeah. you know? And like, you know, so you live in Minnesota. What is not like the worst running experience? And I definitely want to find that out too. But what is like a normal winter running experience um, that you would go through, like in a, in a typical week, from a, from a weather condition standpoint?
1: For no, well, normal, would, um, well, I would say like maybe you know during the winter time. You know, it varies because it, it's pretty long here. So, um, you know, I was just determined to, I think, you know, just to get through the just those winter. So nothing really like. I would say maybe 10 degrees was probably what I would, you know, 10 degrees, maybe five degrees. Um, But I was at the point where I was running in minus temperatures and I didn't really, it didn't really bother me. So um, we had some really cold months here um, where it was just minus 25. Um, So, (laughs) you know within those ranges I would just run and I would just layer up and I would wear my face mask and, um, yeah. So
0: yeah, it was everything but the eyes. <laughs>
1: yeah. I've seen
0: some of those pictures. It was like only the eyes were showing. I was, I was basically waiting for you to wear ski goggles at some point just to have everything I covered. Have.
1: I should, yeah, I should have, you know, um, you know, and I just, I've been here 10 years and, you know, I grew up in the desert. So, you know, this was just a whole new, You know, running like that just makes you feel hardcore. Like, you know what? You know, I could do anything. And as long as, you know, my husband growing up in Minnesota, he's all, all he would tell me was just layer up. You'll be fine. Layer up. And that's what the people do here. It's active here all year and people, they're walking and they're on their bikes and they're, they're layered up, you know, because we have such long winters. And so that wasn't going to keep me, that's never kept me away from running. So.
0: Well, that, that coincides with when you really started being active, right? I mean, usually really, yeah. you kind of started your – I know you post some pictures of when, you know, 2007, 2008. Oh, yeah. Where, like, that that yeah. seems to be kind of like the line of demarcation. Um, so was it till yeah. so you start being active when you moved to Minnesota?
1: Yeah, you know, I did – I ran a little bit. I was never a runner, but I was always an athlete. As you know, I, you know, played basketball, and um, but I was just – never took running like seriously and i would run on and off and it wasn't until 2007 when you you know that picture that i share um is when i was like i ran a race of a 2.1 mile and i just thought it was the hardest thing ever yeah
0: you looked you did not look good in that picture (laughs) i'm not gonna i mean
1: i mean i don't mean like from an aesthetic perspective it
0: looks like you're about to pass out
1: (laughs) that's okay i was well you know and then i remember seeing the five the five mile mark like just passing that and then people continuing like on. And I was thinking, how could people do that? You know, you know, I was like, that is so far. And, you know, as I look back then, I think, wow, how far I've come. And so, and then when I moved to Minnesota um, it's, there's just a huge running culture up here. And I just, one day, you know, I just thought I'm going to start running and we have a lot of trails in our city. And so 2000, I think 2008, you know, I just, we had moved from Nebraska to Minnesota and um, it it was a stressful moving and we had a newborn who was like two weeks old. Oh, goodness. um, Yeah, we, it was crazy. And uh, 2009 is when I just started running and I started running and I realized, oh, I really like this. And it was kind of an escape for me because of being, you know, I had just my third child. It was just something I could do for myself. And so, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to run a half marathon now. And so I ran my first half um, in August of 2009. And Wow,
0: so you escalated uh, that pretty quick.
1: Yeah, because I realized, you know, I could actually do this. And after I did that half marathon, I realized, oh, I could actually run longer. (laughs) So, um, So I did some 10Ks and I did some winter, like, half marathons, um, uh, yeah, just to, I guess, just to challenge myself.
0: Well, you are you challenging yourself in a couple of different ways here, right? So you're, like, not only are you all of a sudden running in Minnesota winters, which, yeah. um, you know, like, yeah, you can layer up and it's fine. Yeah, that's nice to say <laughs> and all, but it's yeah. 10 degrees outside. It's a lot easier to stay inside. <laughs> um oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. You know, i appreciate yeah. you saying that but you know especially now that we're like looking down the barrel at a summer uh it's easy, to, <laughs> it's know, easy yeah. to talk wistfully of the winter but when you're actually in it exactly. it doesn't feel so good um so, yeah. so you had that yeah, you I had mean, that component you had three kids yeah right like you weren't yeah. in shape at the time and then yeah you know, and, you're, was, and then you got there yeah, and, was... and kick some butt
1: yes yeah and you know i I also ran to lose weight because I was like, you know, I have three kids and I've always had kind of a weight issue. And so um, that was kind of also my motivation was, you know, always having a weight issue and thinking, you know, with every child, it was like, you know, I gained weight. And, and then, so then this time around, I was like, I think I was like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, you know, gaining weight. And and I really needed something to just kind of like, you know, make this more of a lifetime thing. And so that's when I really took it seriously. And I think that's when I started hitting, you know, these races, like doing these races, like, okay, I can go longer. I can go longer. So
0: that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. So what about going longer was more enticing to you than just going faster at the shorter distances?
1: I think just the whole like endurance part of it, the mental, um, I'm I'm pretty self-motivated person. Um, there's I get something in my mind and I just really it just really I'm intrigued by it and so um I really wanted to focus on just running longer and just that endurance because I think mentally that has just making me like stronger where I could be my body could be so tired but my mind can say, you know what, you can still do this, you can still push through this so Yeah,
0: what were some of the mental hurdles that you either overcame or that you continually try to fight over that were maybe handicapping you in 09 and 2010 where like now, not that it's easy, but you feel like, Hey, like this used to be an issue for me. And now this is, this isn't so much a problem. I'm kind of at this different level now.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot, you know, there's, you know, you, um, I've always had just people in my life who, um, you know, you have those, just those teachers or those people who always said you couldn't do anything, you know, you know, I grew up on the reservation. And so, you know, I always had certain teachers thinking that I couldn't do anything, you know? And so I think just with that whole aspect, sometimes that when I look at look back, I, that is a motivator to me, like I can do this, you know? And so I think those are some of the things I had to under, you know, just kind of like forgetting that focusing on what I can do, um, I think has really helped me just trying to get all those, um, I don't know, those bad, uh, those negative negativity, you know, things that are in my past and letting that go. And I think just through endurance running, that has really helped me let go of those things and feel like I'm free, you know, and then when I do something like, wow, I can actually do this, you know, so.
0: Now, do you, does your mind hearken back to those either people or events during a run? or is it more like you, you think about that after a run or before and me, and then during the run, it's more just like just taking the next step.
1: I think before. Yeah. Before. So just with training. So those things. Okay. So, so
0: more like, all right, like am I capable of doing this? And that's when the self-doubt pops in.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And, and, you know, with my story, it can be overcome. And I think sometimes as also being a native American, um, we owe, it's easy to play that victim. Like it's, and, and so letting go of that and realizing that I have to stop playing the victim and that, you know, just even just through life or through running that I, you know, overcoming that and realizing you can do so much and you can do these like big things. And when you do it, it's just an amazing feeling. So, um, I think that's what kind of just it's kind of my motivation too. So.
0: But changing your mindset is a tip, is a difficult thing, right? Because because sometimes a mm-hmm. mindset oh, yeah. can be very cyclical, right? So you have yeah. so you oh, have yeah. a negative mindset for any reason, right? Like I didn't I didn't grow up in your background, so I'm not going to pr- put myself in your shoes. But like, say you yeah. come up with any any kind of negative experience, I'm just going to assume here on some level. So I'm going to paint with a broad brush, and just say okay, yeah. you know like I've had a negative experience and now like, I don't think I can get this done, which then perceives you to maybe not be as successful as you want to be, which then reinforces mm-hmm. the negative feelings, which then round and around yeah. you go. So how do exactly. so how do you break out of that cycle? Or how did you break out of that cycle?
1: You know, I just, you know, I've had a lot of people just like, I think growing up, and especially my older siblings have kind of helped me through that, you know, they they also have shown me like, that example of you know, breaking that cycle, you know, breaking that kind of attitude. And I think that's just really, you know, has helped me. And um i I think to also just kind of, you know, being Native American, I, I it's like I live in two worlds, you know and um and so I try to realize that I can have, you know the confidence like anybody else. And so, um yeah, it's it's one of those things that has taken a lot of time, and even now, as I get older, you know, it's like, I'm just trying to keep that, you know, so that my kids can feel like they can, they won't have those kind of like feelings, you know? So, um, yeah.
0: Right. And you obviously, anyone who knows you, and I'm assuming anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know you, Mm -hmm. um, can quickly see that you have a lot of pride in your Navajo heritage, um, that, 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 that shines through, Right away. And yet at the same time you, you, you just talked about how like growing up at the reservation was mm-hmm. kind of like this thing where it wasn't the best situation. So it, it seems like on some level you have like this, you have like, you're kind of dealing with kind of like polar opposite things at the same time regarding your heritage yeah. in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love, I love, um, being Navajo. Um, I love the experiences I have and, um, you know, going home is always like this feeling of this is really, you know, home. And, and across the board, I just see like, the Native, the Native culture and how much there's still this struggle, you know, so many, you know, issues um, that we face, so many things that face our families. And, um, you know, so I think, there, it's It's both ways you know we're we're so proud of it, but at the same time we know how hard it is sometimes to be Native American so
0: right, and if you weren't proud of it, you wouldn't be fighting to improve it,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just and there's many people um I think native people that would agree you know we we I always feel like me like I've had to work twice as hard you know in in anything. Uh, just in school and, you know, in college and everything. And so uh, that's just the mindset that, I, that I've always had, that I have to work twice as hard. Um, and things didn't come easy. And so, um, yeah, so I think that's just kind of one of those things.
0: And do you think that because you battled through that, that leads to part of the reason why you obviously have this elevated level of toughness and grit
1: now? I think so. You know, growing up, I, you know, I'm the youngest of 10. Holy things, cow. And so I know, right? <laughs> so you, so you I had
0: know. no new clothes. You just had all hand I had
1: downs. no new clothes. Though. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, how did I survive certain things, you know? But, you know, being a, you know, we we had a pretty hard family life and a lot of tragedy. But, you know, I had siblings who obviously, like, took care of me. And I think, too, yeah, that's kind of, I saw a lot and growing up. And I think that, that kind of helps me see like, um, if like, sometimes when I'm running and sometimes I think it's hard, I realize, you know, this is not as hard as, you know, this thing was, or this thing was, you know, you got past that hard thing. So running 10 more miles is no big deal, you know, even though, yeah. So med- those are kind of like mental things that I think about, like, you know, there's harder things than this. So.
0: No, I, t- I totally get it. And like I, This is not a great comparison, Frank. So, 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 so pardon me here, but it's going to lead to (laughs) another question. So, so so just, so just just bear with me here for a second. I know exactly. I know. So this is a mental game I play my first marathon that I ran. I was woefully unprepared for, okay. Mm -hmm. Just woefully unprepared for So, I was like one of those people who was like a slave to the marathon calculator. I'm like, Oh, if I run this race, I can run this marathon. Okay. I guess I'm good to go. And like, yeah talk about a rookie mistake so anyway i was like it was a very painful experience in the last 10k -hmm. and like -hmm. it was a miracle that i even crossed the finish line of that race that miracle i was even vertical like entering (laughs) the city of hartford at the end of that hartford marathon so now i bring that up so now if i'm having a tough experience as gonna run Mm -hmm. i'll be like oh i finished that thing Like, I can get through this. Like, this is not nearly as bad as that. Now, you're referencing non-running events. So what events in particular do you feel like you reference in those moments and that you say, well, if I can get through that, I know I can do this?
1: Well, yeah, with like the, with the, I think with the marathons I've ran, you know, and especially with that 50K race, that just has kind of just been. Kind of because you know, when you run, when you train for these 50k races. You know, you run really long miles. I don't think I think I ran like 20 plus miles, like I don't know, seven times. And so I think with that training, kind of prepared me for that using those things. So
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. And then oftentimes it's our non-running stuff that can also prepare yeah. us, right? Like it's like exactly. I mean, shoot, I was reading a book by alex hutchinson it's uh called i think it's endurance is the name of it uh or endure Mm -hmm. it might be endure and it it talks about how like how non-running stress can you know basically affect your running because it's basically it's taxing your system i guess is is, is kind of like the the synopsis Mm -hmm. of that section so if it's taxing your system well if you're using your system for another thing well guess what it's going to be pretty tired before you even start Mm -hmm. just like if you went for a run after you did like a whole day of yard work you'd be using different muscles but you're exhausted so you know you're gonna be you're not gonna Mm -hmm. run that great so like what you've referenced several times you've dealt with a lot when you were a kid was there anything in particular that really kind of bogged you down or had left, left a lasting impact
1: oh yeah yeah i lost my i lost my father at the age of three so he um he died of um stomach cancer So and so I think through running that has kind of helped me heal just, you know, um, because it was like the circumstances was pretty, you know, crazy. And my father having to leave all his kids, you know, saying that I'm not going to make it, you know, and um, so I think that that's event that kind of keeps, you know, will always be like in my life you know so absolutely
0: and that must be one of those things because you're age of three that not only did you live through it but because you were so young you must have like relived it through your siblings who all had to deal with it at very at various points in their own life right some were maybe teenagers some were Mm
1: you know in elementary
0: school and so on and so forth yeah
1: oh yeah so yeah
0: no absolutely and and that's one of those things too right you have those moments in your life that can be, you know, feel like it can go either way for you, right? I mean, when yeah. you talk to people who are going through tough circumstances, how do you advise them whether they're Native American or not, right? You have friends mm-hmm. who, who are not Native American. You have some who are. But anybody going yeah. through mm-hmm. anything, how do you advise them and say, hey, this can be, you know, it's, you, know you have to feel your emotions now, but how do you turn – a negative into something that you, that can, you know, basically not be a positive, but that you can do mm-hmm. positive things with the emotions that stem from it.
1: Yes. You know, I, that's, a, you know, with the, this, the new, I have this running account, which, you know, we talk about call native woman running. And, and anyone
0: who wants to look at that uh, it's native underscore women underscore running.
1: Yes. Native woman. Yes. And, One of the things I've learned, just one of the things I wanted to do was feature Native women. And so I usually direct message these women and ask them if they want to be featured on my, you know, this page, this account. And I have learned as I read these stories of these amazing women and how a lot of these runners have dealt with really tough things like, you know, death of a child or um, and how running has has healed them. And that how it has just having that time alone to run and reflecting on, you know, you know, the one they lost has really I think used that like in a in a positive way. And when I read these stories, you know, it's not just one story that I read. It's it's been several. And I just think that is what I think has helped a lot. And I think for me I think individually if you know, I'm a really good listener. So and I think I try in many ways just to be there and just kind of say, Why don't you try this? Why don't you try running or and and so even the people that I've met on these social media how it does really work and how these women are doing what they're supposed to, you know, that they found like this running that has helped them heal them and and some that still go through tough times that even running two miles or three miles, you know, in the canyons of Arizona where they live, you know, and it just brings them peace. And I think that is right there is healing for them.
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot there too, right? Like trying to think out, okay, what about running is, has healing properties, right? Because it's not, it, part of it's the running yeah. itself. And then part of it is yeah. what it does for the person. Right. Exactly. So, like some of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about this was like, all right, just the achievements that you can create, right? And then, like, that's not running specific. If you achieve certain things, whether it's knitting a blanket or, you know, cooking a good yeah. meal or, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, learning a new skill or, you know, running a new distance, you know, I think achievement yeah. is mm-hmm. kind of a nice thing. And then you have the introspective piece, which comes from running. Right, like so, just like meditation yeah. mm-hmm. in a way, and also kind of the exactly. mental and physical connection that also is huge. Mm-hmm. Like for you, what what elements, say of those three or any other that you can think of, were kind of the primary drivers that have helped you and some of the, the the women that you've you know had you know kind of conversed with.
1: Oh, the elements like you mean like like being outdoors is that like
0: no, just like, like... The, the the parts of running itself that led them. To overcome whatever it kind of ailed them, in a way. Like, what what about running specifically? I, I gave a couple examples there, but you know, what about running specifically helped them, you know, kind of improve their lives in a way um, and help them get over different things that they were dealing with. Um, you know, to, to to help them live live the way that they want yeah. to live.
1: I think for for a lot of like for self confidence, I think a lot of them have you know develop self-confidence and um, and just being able to um, kind of release that. You know, I know running, you know, releases stress. And I think some for, you know, as women, we cry a lot, but I think just even I know for me running has – there's times where I just would have to stop, you know, and just cry. I'm
0: not going to lie to you. I, I cried in my first marathon, <laughs> Verna. It's not just women. Yeah. I cried like a baby on that yeah. sucker.
1: I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it just brings, and you know, when you're in that like outdoors, I guess when I bring that, it's like when we run outside, you know, you might see the sunrise or, you know um, you know, it it, it just brings us like, you just kind of, it's kind of a release and um I think that has helped a lot of them just release that pain. And it's not, and I know it's not going to be easy. And I know you have to work through that. And it might take a long time, but at least there's something they have where they know that they could go to and they could, that I know that I can do, that I can always run and feel like, okay, you know, just thinking and meditating. And, you know, it, it just, it makes you, it makes you feel better you know
0: right and almost by degrees like now not to say like that mm-hmm. you have i'm not to say that you have like a perfect life or anything but it seems like you get a lot of joy out of running like it's now evolved to not just like being something that helps you cope with things that you're dealing with back in 2008 2009 2010 um whatever those yeah. happened to be at the time whether it's per year or per day uh frankly but now you, you derive a lot of joy from it um
1: Yes. Maybe. And
0: like, are you surprised by that? Looking back on what how you felt about running ten years ago.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm so like you know, having this this recent setback, I'm just like, I I always, I miss it. You know, I there you know I'm walking and I'm biking, I'm supposed to be doing low impact and it's just I don't get the thrill of it. You know, it's like this is not exciting. You know, um, I I want to be running. You know, and and I realize how much it does it does make me happy, you know? So,
0: yes. Let's put a little context into that because you are, (laughs) you aren't, you aren't feeling great. So when when did this start?
1: Well, you know, I, after the 50 K race, um, because I have asthma and, um, I was using, I was using my, um, my, I think they call it the emergency inhaler kind of thing. I was using it a lot on my race, which was kind of unusual because you're supposed to use it only like every four hours. And so, you know, I, I'm a pretty, people have told me that I have a high tolerance to pain. I guess I do. Uh,
0: I yeah. Know. Let me, let me just say it for the record. <laughs> yeah, you do.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I always, I always brag how I had four kids without medication. So well, I we can
0: just stop. Of... <laughs> we need just stop the debate there. You could have never run a step <laughs> yeah. and we could have like just ended that, ended that question. Exactly
1: yeah you know I was just and then after that I was feeling really like spent like I'm so tired but you know I'm always tired I have four kids (laughs) so I thought you know it's just because people would ask me are you tired I'm like I'm always tired and so I then I decided I should probably go see my doctor because I feel a little bit like my my breathing I felt just shortness of breath even going upstairs and so sure enough I saw her and I took a breathing test and she's like Yeah, your breathing's not so well, and then that snowballed into like blood work, which then she said your iron is like really low, like really, really low. And I'm like, oh, really? She's like, so you know, she's asking me these questions, like, are you tired? You know, I'm like, and the same thing. I'm like, I'm always tired. Don't ask
0: a mother if she's tired. Like this, like you know, it's just being ridiculous. That's like asking like someone if they're hungry. It's like, like, like going to a donut shop and be like, "Are you hungry right now?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I'm in a donut shop. Of course I'm hungry." It's like the same thing with with yeah. moms. Are, are they tired? Yes, they're always tired. Yeah, you know, of course they're tired.
1: Exactly. No, I'm not, exactly, you know, I'm not a, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You know, it's like I'm not in my twenties. You know, um. So, so they're asking me these questions, and she said, "Yeah, you need to see another doctor." So, and I had they had two years ago, Christmas. Eve 2015 is when all of a sudden my knee um, just swelled up, my right knee. And so that day really has changed the course of my running because that was when they thought I had an injury. I went to a sports doctor, PT, and then finally got a second opinion. And she said, this is not an injury. There is something underlying that's happening to you. So that's – and then I saw a rheumatologist who had been seeing – for the last two years, who has been kind of monitoring it, but never really did any more, like, uh, investigation of my knee. He just said, well, if it hurts, you can come see me, Um, but you can still run, and so I had been seeing him, you know, until, you know, the last, you know, month, and so, so she decided, this doctor, that you need to see a new rheumatologist, and so sure enough, I went to go see that and they were just very concerned about, you know, you have, you are like, I guess the lowest, a negative number of, you know, you might've been anemic for a long time. They told me, and I'm like, I, there, I didn't know.
0: You've been like, I've been tired Um, for 15 years. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) So so they're like, and so they're all just like, so I'm just like, okay, all I wanted because I was in my mind thinking, I just want this to be one hospital visit. Just, just tell me what I have. You know, and then I had to see a new rheumatologist who told me that, um, so my knee this whole time, it has, has been swollen. You could tell there's like fluid in it, but I just kept running because it wasn't painful. And I don't know if it was because I just got used to it. And so my last long mile was 15 miles, you know, probably like three or four weeks ago. And, you know, I was running a trail that was really hilly, um, And after that, you know, I I just got used to the pain. And so he then decided to take fluid out of my knees, which he said there is trauma to the knee. And he said, you need to stop running. And so, and I had actually registered for a race July 7th. I was going to run another 50K race because I wanted a better experience that was not a muddy trail. And so... He said, you can't run that race. You can't run at all. (laughs) I'm like, no. And so that kind of snowballed into a series of just tests. They really haven't really diagnosed me with something. They know I have some kind of, like, it could be an autoimmune um, disease, but they really haven't pinpoint anything. And so what they're trying to get rid of now is my inflammation and, um, and upping, like, you know, my iron levels and getting back to where it, it's supposed to be. So that's kind of why I haven't been running. Because it takes a professional to tell me to stop running, not my husband. So I listen to the professionals.
0: No wife listens to their husbands. I'm speaking from the other <laughs> side of the, the mic here. <laughs> I, can I can just say that with, with, with absolute <laughs> assurity.
1: Yeah, So, yeah, so that's just kind of how it's been. So I've had to take where I've had to take these. um, I think there are these, this, the scope where they put a scope down your esophagus, you know, they're trying to check my, you know, intestines to see if there's anything, if I have Crohn's. Yeah. So they, they really, I have one more to take, which is a capsule one where there's like a little digital, I guess, tiny camera in the capsule that I'm supposed to take where it'll go, it'll like go down to my small intestines to see if there's anything. So there's something with my blood, you know, that I'm losing blood. I'm having inflammation of the blood vessels, red blood vessels. And so I think that's kind of, that's my underlying issue, but I don't really know. So I'm on medication that's helping with inflammation. And my doctor told me he wants me to stop running so that I can, to, to, to think of the now, so that I can run more marathons later. So that's kind of in my in my mind to just rest now, so that I can run another marathon, you know, later. So,
0: right. I mean, shoot. I mean, <laughs> even, even if you didn't have all of these other factors, which are extremely serious, uh, and certainly yeah. wish wish the best for you. I mean, there are plenty of athletes out there who like will take six weeks. I mean, high high endurance athletes will take four to six weeks off per month per year just to recuperate. Right. Even these are people who who don't need to necessarily, but they do it because they know it will help their body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, so I just, that's just what I have to do. I mean, it, it, my knee feels great. I mean, he gave me a cortisone shot to help the inflammation, but he said, we have to, you know, you have to stay low impact. And so I'm listening to him and just, you know, realizing Okay, if I want to run another race later, I have to focus on myself right now. So.
0: Right. So, are you doing other aerobic work right now to kind of like, <laughs> you know, like you you built up a pretty pretty big engine here. Uh, right? You've run five marathons. You've run an ultra. Like, I'm assuming you need yeah. some sort of physical activity.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. First couple, you know, weeks I was like, yeah, you know, because I was getting pretty, you know, I had just finished this race and then I had someone actually, um. Uh, Insta- uh, you know, Instagram friend from um, in Europe who ha- had laid out this training plan for me, and uh, you know he he was working with me and. Look at you! Know, you. You're I- like I- you're an
0: international international star <laughs> here. Yeah, European <laughs> training plans.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he was uh, he went like you know these ultras so he was really getting me like on a good plan and. And he knew who I had a family and stuff. So I was working with that. And um, but then I think after that 15 miles that my last long run, I was really feeling just really tired. And I, as I look back, I realized I was really, really tired, I guess, you know, and I sometimes I don't like to I don't like to rest. And so I think it was actually probably a blessing for me to just take this time to like Think about, you know, there is something wrong with you, you know, (laughs) so.
0: But that's a good point because I think that that's that's a thing that a lot of people can struggle with, especially, I'm not going to paint you with this, with this brush, but like a lot of type A people can be like, if I'm not doing something, I'm failing. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with running, there's, there's certain runners and this is not, I'm not, I'm not you know, casting blame here. Um, but like, it's almost like if I'm not moving forward, I'm moving backward, like by definition. So it it can certainly be a tough thing for a lot of people to take a step back and to just, all right, just relax. Because I remember my best half marathon ever, which was eight, eight years ago, roughly Mm -hmm. seven years ago. It was right around this time of year. So I was training for Mm -hmm. a marathon and I ran a half marathon in the middle of a training block. So I didn't I didn't hmm. taper for it. Uh, it was actually the longest okay. it was going to be my longest training week of that marathon cycle. So I ran, you yeah. know, 40 miles or something that week and then ran a mm-hmm. half marathon. So it was about to be a, mm-hmm. about a 55 mile week. And it was the fastest half marathon of my life. So I was like wow. really excited. It's still my half marathon mm-hmm. PR now. I haven't run many half marathons, so it's not like it was all that big. But anyway, it was <laughs> yeah. my half marathon PR. Literally two weeks later, mm-hmm. I couldn't complete a mile. I like had completely mm, yeah. overdone it. In retrospect, I can say um, that yeah. I was completely like overtired. I was sleeping like four hours a night. Yeah. But anyway, and it was like, all right, I yeah. had to step away. But it was like, I literally, I couldn't see the signs beforehand. Like I literally had to hit yeah. rock bottom. So what about it? Do you think it is like for certain people where like they, they, you know, like where like, you just can't see the science beforehand. It's almost like you have to like get to that point where it's like, all right, I need to shut it down. I can't just like wean yeah. myself off of this or just take a break.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what hap- had to happen to me. You know, I, you know, all this is just always humbling to me. Cause you know, when you run, you know, you are, when you're a runner and especially just becoming an ultra newbie ultra marathoner, you know, it feels good. And then you realize you think you can conquer (laughs) that you can do, you know, what, what, what could I do next? What could be, you know, I was thinking, okay, 50 miles now, should I do a 50 miler, you know? And that's not even like, that was like right after the race. Like I still wanted to do something like that, you know? And so it was, all this has just been always, when I always have a setback, it's always humbling. And it takes you back to, you know, what is important. You need to, you know, running, you do care for yourself, but you got to care for yourself too, you know, by resting. And so, you know, that's the season I have to be in. And so I don't like it. And, um, but I just have to, I just have to keep pushing forward. And so that's why I've kind of, I've been just walking and biking you know, and doing those things to kind of help me stay, you know, in shape and help me stay motivated. So.
0: Well, good for you for doing it. Because, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like you could go the other way and just be like, ah, screw it. I'm going to sit oh, yeah. on this couch and watch Netflix.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Verna, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been <laughs> so much fun. Before you go, oh, thank you. you've listened yes. to the podcast, you know. At the yeah. end of every episode, I always ask a couple quick questions. Uh, but if someone wants to learn more about you or um, some of the things that you're doing, what are the best ways they can follow you or some of your other endeavors?
1: Oh, yes. Definitely my Instagram account. So um, I have two Instagram accounts, which is um, Hojon runner, number four.
0: So spell, spell that yeah. for
1: us. H-O-Z-H-O, Hozho, and then runner. R-U-N-N-E-R, the number four. So um, Hojong actually is a Navajo word. It means keeping balance in all, like, you know, physically, spiritually. So that's kind of what my name means. So um, and then also with um, the Native uh, underscore women underscore running account, which features um, Native women um, from all United States and Canada who are running and trying to get them more into, um, the mainstream, um, which is the whole running culture and seeing that native women can do awesome things too. So, um, yeah. So those are the main two accounts that I'm, um, hoping to, you know, inspire people and help and motivate. And
0: you're an ambassador for, was it? It's at native cool. women's wilderness.
1: Yes. Native women wilderness, which also, uh, um, yeah, which also is, uh, we've, there's uh, eight of us who uh, basically are a Native women from United States and Canada who are outdoors and who uh, help in our community and try to inspire. And also in the, out, the outdoor industry, kind of getting our names out there, Native women, and maybe it could be climbing or running. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of the ambassadors do certain things like climbing and hiking. And so I guess I'm the running part of it. So yeah, it's, it's such a great thing. A lot of good things are happening. So
0: yeah, I really like that account and I learned, I learned something today. I was reading the, the article they had linked in the Instagram profile from outside online. Um,
1: oh yes. With yeah. Yes, with
0: exactly. Yeah. It was yeah. really good. Because I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought the person who wrote it did a great job of, of telling the story. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was very, I thought she presented it very well too. Like, unlike you, who you, you grew up on yeah. a reservation, she didn't, um, at least for for, for yeah. a portion of her life. And she kind of like started to understand her her heritage a little bit later in life. And she had this like these cathartic moments. It sounded like where she was kind of rec- kind of like reconciling you know, things that she had learned in a more traditional sense yeah. versus her Native American heritage and how they kind of juxtaposed against each other and, and then just mm-hmm. that internal struggle, right? You're like, all right, well, like,
1: exactly. oh, like yeah. all
0: of a sudden she like loved John Muir for decades and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, on this other hand, like, oh, I'm
1: not that big of yeah. a fan of
0: other things he did, you know? And then just <laughs> kind of like going yeah. through that, that experience.
1: Yeah yeah it's yeah you know, and you know native people we have been you know we've been here for so long, but at the same time we are we're low on the totem pole, you know, a lot of our issues and things that we do, and so I think we're just trying to fight that and now I think with this there's a whole new um some of us just you know on like just social media that we're you know we're saying that hey, we exist, we're normal people, but we we can do these amazing things, and I think that's just what our voices are that we do love our culture. We love our people. And so I think that's kind of the message that we, we want to give.
0: That's a great that, That's a great point. And when you're doing that, how much of that is focused internally on building the community around that topic, right? The other Native American runners, climbers, so mm-hmm. you know, basically yeah. outdoorsmen or outdoors women in any, you know, in any yeah. you know, whichever gender they are. And then the other aspect of just creating broader awareness, like how much do you like yes. try to put towards each bucket in a way?
1: Yeah. Just a lot. Yeah. You know, representation is key for us, you know, and it just reaching out to our community. Cause you know, native people were very, we, we love our community, not just like our immediate family, but we love, you know, we are like, with the Navajos, we have our clan system, you know, we have people who are related to us in our clan and, um, it, it, it's, and even though I'm not home on the reservation, I feel like th- I have built this community, um, just on Instagram and these women that I've gotten to know, like they have been my community and, um, and just helping them at seeing that you are wonderful, that you can, you can be featured, you know? And so I think that has really helped me to, to motivate. And so it's, it's really people our love of people and just our culture is so huge. And, and I think that's just our traditions that, um, you know, we want to, we want to share with the world, you know, and to break those stereotypes down so for, that we've had so long.
0: Right. And it's funny how you how you started that, that, sent, that, 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 um, little monologue there, because it reminded me of one of the things Jalen said in that article was, um, how she met someone in Colorado. I think she was like in her earlier mid twenties Mm -hmm. and she like, she found out they were native and she was like, Oh, so am I. I thought I was the only one around here, (laughs) you know, and and, in the article at least, and this is, these aren't her words, but it's portrayed that that's not exactly an uncommon experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And even like, even here in Minneapolis, you know, we um, there's not many Navajos here, but you know, there's the Ojibwe, Uh, people dakota people and so when i do see one we we look at each other and we ask each other you're native right and so it's just like we have this connection like right away that hey you know it's nice to meet you so so that's been kind of um neat to see here like in in minneapolis because we have a pretty huge uh you know urban Indian community here too so I'm, I' always feel like oh there's Indians here you know <laughs> so that's that's nice right then you
0: have the and then there's the branching out part right like, I, like yeah. I'll paint myself I paint myself I'll use myself as an example here so like when I was growing okay. up I lived off of a, a main road and it was called and the, the name of the road was the Wampanoag Trail uh-huh. yeah, down in uh, Eastern Rhode Island and then like even now if I go to the beach I'm going to the Narragansett town Beach.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And these are yeah. very common mm-hmm.
0: terms here in Rhode Island exactly. and in and southern New England. Um however yeah. I know little to nothing mm. about yeah. where you know, about basically anything related to these topics. Right? Wow. So yeah. it's just not mm-hmm. it's yeah. just not what was you know, part of it is like maybe I was taught at some point and now I've forgotten. I mean, as as my wife can attest, I don't have the best memory. So that could certainly be (laughs) the case. But however, it's also not something that was a focal point of any piece of an education that I received Mm -hmm. either.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even my husband said that. I mean, he grew up in Minnesota. And he said, you know, I didn't – some some of the stuff that the history, you know, he's like, I never knew that, you know. So I I just – you know, you just kind of think about that. Like, so I think now today – those things are being taught, which is, which is, you know, good.
0: Well, yes, it's certainly not a negative, right? I mean, like, you know, yeah, it, it's, exactly. it's, you know, it, as you mentioned before, it's about, you know, providing, you know, it's a kind of, it's about building it up, right? It's not tearing yeah. other groups down. It's about building it up. Saying like, Hey, yes. you know, yes. you know yes. this, yes. this so is what doing. we are. This is who we were and, you know, yeah.
1: so on yeah. and so forth. So. Exactly. You're right. Well,
0: you do a great job, Verna, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, oh, thank you so much. This is kind much. of an awkward segue because talk- we just talked about something pretty heavy. and I'm about to do the exact opposite. But uh, <laughs> with that said, I ask these of everybody, so I'll ask them of you as well. So when you go out on a run, are you wearing headphones or no headphones? I wear headphones. All right, And what are you listening to?
1: You know, I have a playlist. I you know, I've just been back into the 80s music that I really, you know, childhood stuff like New Kids on the Block. <laughs> you know, things that I grew up listening to. So, it's kind of been the 80s right now. So, I'm
0: not going to lie. That was one of the first one of the first albums I ever got was <laughs> Hanging Tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. So that's why I've been listening All to. All
0: right. So, what's the best advice that you give other runners but that you have trouble following? <laughs>
1: Um, probably just listen to your body. You know, when you're tired, you know, just, just take a rest. It's okay to rest. And I think that's hard for runners because we like to run. And when you're hooked, you just, you feel like you have to run every day or, you know, um, just listening to our bodies and resting when you're supposed to. And, you know, seeking a doctor before it's too late right, right. So, like some people right, exactly well
0: it's also hard because you you have the other end of the spectrum too right you have like the new runners we listening to your body yeah. might mean like hey this sucks i don't want to do this anymore
1: <laughs> exactly what does she do to herself yeah.
0: yeah exactly so there is definitely a fine line there it's only it takes a little self-awareness
1: yeah and you know i think that those who are starting you know I, I always tell people if I can run, cause people always tell me, how can you do that? But I always tell people if I can do it, you can, you know, cause I was 50 pounds overweight, you know, just, and you know, I've lost that. And I realized with that, you know, comes self confidence. And, and I always tell people you can do it. You know, even I tell my kids, you know, you can do this, you know? So I think it, you, you have to start slow and, um, you know, just keep pushing. And it, I just think anything is possible. So
0: well said. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. It's not that you can do, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, not that like, also you're going to be a marathon you're going to be like, you know, the Olympic marathon champion, but
1: exactly. you can do like
0: something amazing. Like who knows exactly. what that is, but you can do something amazing.
1: Yeah. And you know, if it's someone who wants, feels like they, you know, with the first five, fifth, you know, 5k race, you know, great. Okay. You know, that's a goal you should choose and, you know, if people love that and that's all they want to do, that's fine. You know, you don't have to run, you know, crazy miles or 100 miles. So exactly.
0: Except you, you yeah, have to do. So. It.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. The day I post, I ran 100 miles. Yeah, that'll be a miracle. So yeah, we'll
0: see. You're, you're heading in that direction. I can. Yeah, we can all see the linear plan here. Verna.
1: I know. I just get this thrill, like, oh, yes, I could do it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) All right. So if you could run only one more race the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would that be?
1: You know, I, you know, we have, oh, let's see, that's kind of hard because, you know, the race that I, I really love Chicago, I guess I could say. I mean, people, you know, I ran Chicago twice, the Chicago Marathon, and I just love it. I think it's, it's a big race. So there's a lot of people, um, but there's something about just running, just downtown Chicago and the spectators. It's just a fun race. And um, I think I would probably run that again if I had to. So if I I could every year. So I love it. I love the atmosphere. So
0: nice. All right. So what's the uh, yeah. other end of the spectrum? What's the bucket list race for you?
1: The bucket list race? Oh, there's uh, so many. You know, right now, I think I just. Uh, I don't know. Now that you're I mean... an ultra
0: marathoner, right? <laughs> like, like opened up this whole other avenue of ways to go with this question.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there is, um, there is. See, now with a lot of, like, the trail races, they're, you know, pretty nearby. So I think, you know, there is a lot. There's some out west I would like to do, like, I um, uh, can't think of it now. But uh, out in the, let's see, out west, there's several that I would like to do that are like along the can like Canyon de Deshay is called one of them where you're, you know, running through like the canyons and I think that is one that I would like to do. So it's I mean,
0: hard- is hard hard rock, isn't hard rock like something like that too?
1: I I'm okay. not sure, no. I'm not sure. so yeah, it's um there's a lot of ultra races that are out west that I would yeah. You know, gives me a reason to go home. So <laughs> so yeah,
0: where, where is home for you? You mentioned that you grew up in the desert on a reservation, but you didn't say where.
1: Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico, which is closer. To, it's close to um, where Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado in Utah meet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so you can actually stand on four states like at once if you wanted to. There is an area where you can stand on those four states. So yeah, I'm in within that area. So. Oh, I understand. Um, okay. Yeah. So.
0: And. Last one before I get to it. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. All right. Who yeah. is your dream running partner?
1: My dream. Oh, man. There's, does it have to could it be anybody? You can throw a like,
0: couple in there if you want. You can have uh, a treat. You, you can be the, like, the first one that does a dream running group, I
1: guess. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's so many. Well, on Instagram, there's a lot of runners that I would definitely, like, run with.
0: And, you have uh, to say a name here, Verna. You
1: can't just, like, allude okay. to people. <laughs> <laughs> I love everybody. You know, there is a runner who is very – She's her name is Kristen. And she just ran, like, 100 miles, you know, like, a couple months ago. And she's just – she makes running look really, like, easy, you know. And so I, I definitely would run with her. Um, so it's probably one person that I would. And there's another girl out in – um Dallas who runs every morning um oh, why am I forgetting her name all of a sudden but um but yeah I would probably run with her she's uh runs every day um I can't I, somehow I'm just I can't think of her name right now so but yeah there's a lot of people I would run with I don't know I could run with you that'd be great oh my goodness
0: now you're just buttering <laughs> me up you're already on the show Verna you don't have to kiss my butt you're already here <laughs>
1: but yeah 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 uh, that's a hard question I wish I would have thought of that more but yeah there's there's a lot I just I mean like I said I love the running community on Instagram and there's so many people I see and I'm like oh I wish I could run with them you know so
0: sounds good well you're the first person in over a month and a half that hasn't answered with Shaleen Flanagan or Des London so I'll give you Uh, that congratulations (laughs)
1: yes yeah I yeah I just yeah so but thank you. Right. Well,
0: thank you. I really appreciate it. And good luck with all your tests. I hope, so. hope it works out well. And hopefully oh, you're yes. back to running uh, at the appropriate time.
1: Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much for, get, for getting me on the show <laughs> or putting me on the show.
0: My so. pleasure, Verna. Have a great night.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you again, Verna, for coming on the show. And thank you, the listener. For sticking it out, getting all the way to the end, and listening to this outro, I really appreciate you uh, you listening to the show. And as I said in the introduction, um, the fact that you uh, that you listen, that you share the show, it really is greatly appreciated. Um, I just I guess I can't say more than that. It warms my heart every time I see it. Uh, I put a lot into it, and it's great to see. So, with all of that being said, I hope you have a great day. Have a great weekend, and happy running.